Konasa. Let's go directly to the chanting and the meditation. Jam Sidi hum hum mage yuki dombola Jinge lapche shiksu su Guru Pema Siddhi Hum Hum Mage Yuki Nupcham Sam Pema Gesa Dombola Yamsin Choki Mudunye Pema Jone Shesuta Kodu kando mambu ko keki jesu datu ki jinge lapche shiksu su guru pema siddhi
If you'd like to switch positions, please do so now. The theme running through all of these practices is balance, or equilibrium. And this is where we begin in settling body, speech, and mind in the natural state. That your body rests in equilibrium, on the one hand deeply relaxed, and yet vigilant. Your respiration unforced, effortless, but unconstrained. And your mind set profoundly at ease, releasing all cares, all concerns, hopes, and fears. Resting at ease in its own nature, but without spacing out, resting in the natural cognizance, the innate luminosity of awareness itself. This morning we move to the fourth of the four immeasurables, the grand finale, the culmination, which is in turn the foundation for cultivating great compassion, great loving kindness, right on through to bodhicitta itself. This is the indispensable foundation and the culmination of the four immeasurables, the immeasurable equanimity, 
or even-heartedness. The standard way of cultivating this is by directing our attention outwards to other individuals, and we shall move on to that. But first, in light of this endemic mental imbalance, I actually have two aspects, self-loathing, self-contempt, lack of self-worth on the one hand, but on the other hand, infatuation with the self, self-aggrandizement, narcissism. It may be worth a while, a bit of our time, to focus, first of all, inwardly. And we'll connect this directly with the practice taught by Padmasambhava yesterday afternoon, gazing into the mirror at yourself, first with attachment, then with aversion. What he was teaching, of course, was with an actual physical mirror. But now let us turn to the mirror of our own minds. Wherein we find all manner of reflections of ourselves. So I invite you now to conjure up an image as if it were a reflection in a mirror. Conjure up an image of yourself fashioned of those elements, both physical appearance as well as qualities of behavior, of mind, of heart, that you really approve of, you feel good about yourself. Perhaps quite proud of yourself. You may have a strong sense of even attachment to the self. Bring forth, make this manifest, crystallize such an image or self-impression in the mirror of your mind and gaze at this reflection that you've conjured up of yourself on your good days, your best aspects, highlighting the admirable, admirable, attractive, fine qualities that make you likable to yourself, but not only likable, arouse that sense of attachment. As Padmasambhava said last night, play with this. Lavish praise upon yourself. As if you're really infatuated, had a strong attachment, clinging to this person who appears in the mirror of your mind arouse that attachment, the sense of being something very special.
but then direct the eyes of wisdom to this phantom that you've conjured up, which corresponds to no one in the universe. It's a fiction. There's no one so homogeneously attractive, good, desirable. Not you or anybody else. It's a fiction. It's empty, an empty appearance. You are someone. You do exist. But that's not you. Let that appearance fade right back into the space from which it arose, this virtual reality of your mind. And now fashion another appearance of yourself, another impression, the one you feel very uncomfortable with, you might actually dislike full of negative qualities, big disappointment, not much worth, quite unattractive, unappealing, can't figure out why anybody really likes you. Even the physical appearance, rather disagreeable, let alone what's behind it, that personality, such a disappointment. never lived up to expectations, always fell short. And arouse that aversion. Make it manifest, this disagreeable person. Nobody would like you if they knew you as well as I do. kind of a phony, always putting on a show. Such a disappointment. Now take a breath of fresh air and recognize once again this is complete fiction. That impression corresponds to no one in the universe, not you or anybody else. Like a character in a novel, a villain, somebody created so that we disrespect that fictitious character. It's not you. You do exist, but that's not you. Not anywhere. Pure fiction. Dissolve that appearance back into the space of the mind. And a final time, this time bring up an impression of somebody totally ordinary, nothing special. Nothing likable particularly, nothing unlikable, 
not particularly good or bad, not particularly exceptional in any important way, just ordinary, flat-out ordinary, easily ignored, overlooked, a cipher. And arouse that sense of indifference, neutrality, the sense that you're just one of seven billion people, nothing special about you at all, nothing to get excited about, either in terms of attachment or aversion. You're just so utterly ordinary, unworthy of notice, really. You just vanished. Who would really care? And again, release this fiction. You do exist, but you're not that one either. That image, that impression corresponds to no one. Empty appearance only. Let it dissolve right back where it came from into the space of the mind. There's someone here. On this relative plane, there's someone here where you are, essentially being worthy of love, worthy of affection. with your hopes and fears, with the capacity for perfection. Worthy of the love of all the Buddhas, all the Bodhisattvas of the three times, as if you are their only child. Now gaze once again into the mirror of the mind and bring to mind someone else, someone for whom you feel strong attachment. Not simply love or affection, but real attachment. Seeing this person is very important for your well-being, maybe crucial for your well-being. Seeing this person is 100% admirable, attractive, desirable. Excellent in every way. Focus just on those attractive qualities, both the physical, psychological, and behavioral, and arouse that attachment, that desire, the craving, the clinging. I want you. I need you. You're everything to me.
and see the fictitious nature of the object of your attachment, existing nowhere else apart from the space of your mind, it's your own creation, your own fiction. There's no one there. It represents no one. Dissolve it back into the space of your awareness where it came from. to mind now someone for whom you have negative feeling, maybe resentment, anger, disgust, just aversion, whether because of something they've done to you on a single occasion or over years. Maybe it's just their character, their behavior, but there's just something utterly unappealing, negative, wrong, unattractive, even repulsive. Bring this person to mind and highlight everything negative, everything that you don't like, and arouse that aversion. Make it manifest. That sense if you exist, if you vanish from the world, it would be a better place that you left behind. Better for your absence. And recognize, of course, that this too is one more cartoon, two-dimensional, flat, without texture, without nuance, without reality, corresponding to no one in the universe, your own creation, your own loathing for your own creation. It's an inside job. Dissolve it back where it came from. And now, as you anticipate, bring to mind a person who you may know well, but about whom you have no strong feelings one way or another, neither desirable or undesirable, noble or ennoble. Feel quite neutral, quite indifferent. Focus on the neutral and different qualities, the bland qualities of this individual, and arouse that sense of indifference.
And then, of course, see the facade, that no one is that homogenous. No one is such a cartoon. But now look again. See if you can hold all three individuals in mind. The one for whom attachment easily arises, the one for whom aversion arises, and the neutral one. Focus on the individuals themselves. Each one as real as you, each one in the center of his or her own mandala, each one striving for happiness, wishing to be free of suffering, just like you do. And each one equally worthy of being free of suffering and realizing their own fulfillment their freedom, their awakening. As you breathe in, arouse compassion for each one as you do for yourself. May each of us equally be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. And imagine the darkness enshrouding each of us, dissolving into the inexhaustible light at your heart. May each of us be free of suffering and its causes. And as you breathe out, <coughs> arouse the aspiration of loving kindness. May each of us find the happiness we seek. May, be, may we each be truly well and happy and cultivate the causes of such well-being. And as you breathe out, imagine pervading all of you with this light of loving kindness and joy. Release all appearances, all aspirations. Let your awareness rest in its own natural purity and luminosity.
or lasso. So as you well know from practicing shamatha, really any of the methods, upheavals happen. Emotions, desires, memories, they come up. Some of them are very disturbing, very troubling. Sometimes catalyzed from outside, sometimes catalyzed inside. That's the nature of getting to know the mind. So sometimes they come up naturally. In this practice, we go out of our way to dredge them up, make them manifest so we can see them. Right? And see the fictitious nature of all of that. that to reify any of these appearances is only self-destructive and ruins our relationship with others. But the antidote is good. And the antidote, we've just finally put the pieces together. We've done it before in the cultivation of loving kindness, sending out light from the heart, breathing out, breathing out. We've done the taking in the suffering, the breathing in, and now we put these together. Of course, it's called Donglen, one of the most powerful practices in the whole Indo-Tibetan tradition of Mahayana Buddhism. It's something enormously useful, beneficial, transformative to practice while you're on your cushion, but also when we're walking about, when we go into the dining hall and we see those people always so gracious behind the counter serving our food, you know, they're also, it's easy to kind of, well, we don't speak their language, they don't speak much English, it's easy to kind of feel, well, you're doing your job, I'm doing mine, you know, kind of like neutral, you know. But, of course, they're no less precious than we are. We're precious, like everybody else in the universe. And so as we're attending to anybody, when we're walking about here in Phuket, we're just walking around this marvelous little deva realm that they've created. Uh, we call no attention to ourselves. We don't even need to be calling out, Adhika, or Adhika. You know, it's nice to do that, but you don't have to do it every time. Uh, you don't have to do it at all, of course. But to invite them into the space of your awareness, and just as you're walking by, practicing Donglen, knowing that each of them has come here, they're moving about, moving through their lives, just as we are, wanting to avoid suffering, wanting to find happiness. No difference, really. Different ideas, different strategies, plans, different shapes and colors, but the core, the same. And that really sends out this sense of kinship with everyone around us, and that includes you know, the other creatures here, all over the place. The tropics are so full of creatures everywhere creatures. And they tend to be on the move, unless they're just resting for a while. They're on the move again. And you can be certain when they're on the move, they're on the move for the same reason you're on the move when you leave the meditation hall. Exactly the same reason. No better, no worse. They want to go away from there, and they want to go there. <laughs> That's what we're always doing. That's why we're called in Tibetan, Doa. We're on the move. It's, remember, it's a synonym for sentient being. Those people, those sentient beings, those individuals on the move. Why are we on the move? We want to move away from suffering, we want to move towards happiness. And we just keep on changing direction. <laughs> so, really in the back of my mind, of course, we're moving towards bodhicitta, the desire of desires, the prime directive, the heart of the heart. So let's move, be moving in that direction. It is, of course, the only suitable motivation for Vajrayana, for all of Mahayana, of course, all of Vajrayana and Dzogchen. Any other motivation is just, um, it, it's, a, it's a misfit. It doesn't, it doesn't mesh with the practice. When we consider bodhicitta as relative bodhicitta, and what we're seeking to fathom in the practice of Dzogchen is ultimate bodhicitta, but the two are of a piece, they're of the same nature. They're not separate, they're not two things slapped together, of the same nature. So, very simple.
That's enough. Let's just go back and meditate, shall we? Enjoy your day, and I'll see you at 4.30.